Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is your official Leguizamarama spoiler warning. If you have not seen 1986's... Fours. Fours. 1984's Mixed Blood. And you don't... And... And you've always been meaning to, but it, it's it's and it and it's been forty years. <laughs> and you're listening to this podcast. I think we need to make spoilers a little more case by case. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look! I actually think this might be one of those ones that people are like, "Oh, I I really want to get around to watching that movie because it's a bit like, okay, you know." So if you haven't seen uh, Mixed Blood and you want to see it and you, you, if you're a spoiler person. Like, for example, when we did like his commercial, his Papa John's commercials, we probably didn't need to do spoiler warnings. But I think this one is legit. If it's not like uh, Thanos comes back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, spoiler warning at spoiler the end warning. of the movie, <laughs> Thanos is back. <laughs> They go to the X-Men universe (laughs) It's crazy You've got to see it it? Um, Anyway, spoiler warning for Big Splud Please enjoy the podcast Peace I hate the word Hello friends and welcome back to Leguizamarama. It is a podcast where each week my friend Zach and I get in your ears and chat about John Leguizamo and everything he has ever been in ever, including his super early works. That's right, kids. Baby Legs is back. We haven't done a Baby Legs for a while and this is full-blown, hunch-scent Baby Legs as we talk about mixed blood Today, my name is Mish Witrup. You might know me from my favorite thing that's mixed is cake batter. Good, thanks. Good. Oh, god. Uh, I'm joined, uh, as always, by my very dear friend. His name is Zach. Yeah. Uh, and you guys should give him a go. He's a nice boy, honestly. Like, if for whatever reason you've decided that you're not a fan of Zach. I think give him a give him a chance. Give give me a go. Give him a go. Um, and you might know Zach from my favorite mixed thing is uh, the original McFlurry. Ah, oh, my second favorite mixed thing is a tape. Hey, good. Thanks. Good. Um, Mish, I've got some some news. Ooh. No, it's not like that. Oh. Um, it's bad news. What's happened? Mish, I, um, you always say that we've only got a year left Mm -hmm. on Leguizamarama. About that. Well, I recently re-downloaded Letterboxd. Mm -hmm. And on the Letterboxd of John Leguizamo, Mm -hmm. it says here that we've only watched 59% of his stuff. 
That's not true. No, you're missing some. You want to help me? Are we going to do that now? Yeah, why not? Yep, okay. Did we watch Sisters? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a good tip. So, yes, we watched Sisters. That was with Annie Lumsden. Oh, I remember. <laughs> because I haven't really been on um, Letterboxd. I've, been, uh-huh. I've had people yeah, telling me. You haven't really been on this podcast from what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some, this podcast has tracked some I'm, um, dark times. No, Letterboxd is very triggering for me oh, in God. terms of feelings because I feel, like, I feel like I could have been really good at Letterboxd. Yeah, but. I feel like it was made for me and I'm like, fuck, I should really get into it. But it's so, I'm so far gone now. Mish. Mish, honey, hunty, I've just started and I can I can walk you through it. Okay. Don't have to do it on this. I this is almost my public announcement of Do you my have people box. following you? Uh it turns out I've had people following me for years. Oh. And that freaked me out. <laughs> Well, because my letterbox one start one night I sat down and I think I was like I'm gonna do about I'm gonna do so many reviews I think I did four and then everything else is just me monitoring what we've watched by John Leguizamo. So so here's what I've realised two things uh, and this has been through the help of Jen Fricker, friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Alistair, uh, t- uh, Alistair, not Alistair, <laughs> <laughs> Alexi Toliopoulos, yeah. um, also gave me advice, but. Jen was like, you don't have to do reviews. So now I don't do reviews or stars because I don't like giving stars to Mm -hmm. things. I just track what I've watched. Yep. And I've cleaned it up. So I'm trying to like go back and like if I've seen something, I'll tick it off. I'm trying to like be comprehensive, but I'm Mm -hmm. accepting that I can't. Uh, And I'm just keeping a diary from the start of this year on. Gotcha. And so I keep a diary. I give it a like if I really, really like it. Mm -hmm. And then otherwise I don't give it reviews. It's just me tracking well, what I've watched. If our listeners would not mind, I wouldn't mind making, for figuring out exactly what percentage of stuff we've watched by John. Well, I can tell you once yeah. we get through this. Have yeah, we cool. watched Ice Age Collision Course? Yes. yes, we have. Yes, we have. I don't know which Ice Ages are which. Is Collision the Course was the media one. Yeah. And we've watched Ride Along, haven't we? We've watched Ride Along. Hey, this is good news. <laughs> <laughs> Who did we watch Ride Along with? I feel like that was with somebody. Did, have we watched The Infiltrator yet? With, no, uh, no, no, we haven't Oh, that, that looks yet. like fun. Yeah, no, I've been holding that one. That's a, sa- that's a special one. Mm-hmm. Miracle at Sedana. Uh, no, we've not watched that. Oh, Spike Lee. Nice. <laughs> well, you um, wanted to hold off on watching that one. Yeah, there's a few I want to yeah. hold off on watching, yeah. Ice Age, the Mammoth Christmas special. We've that's recent. That. Yeah, that's, that's recent. Why I that's recent, that one. Uh, who's the Boss with Danny DeVito. We've watched that. Oh, what's the worst that could happen, I mean. Yep, we've yeah. watched that. Oh, look, this is fantastic. Not good entertainment. No, I'm sure this is incredibly boring. Have we everybody. watched The Great Escapade? No. Okay. That's coming, though, because we know that Easter's coming up soon. Moulin Rouge, we're We've not saving. watched. We're saving yeah. that. Uh, Crystal. Nope. Directed by William H. Mason. I know. I can't find it. This is fun. For us, uh, this is the no, worst. No, but this is a bit of like teasing what we may or may be, Oh, that's you know? true. Yeah. Um, bring Scrat home. Haven't Comet seen. Scratastrophe. <laughs> ben Russell's going to hate us. <laughs> Comet Scratastrophe. Five minutes. And then there's Scrat's Continental Crack-Up Part 2. Nah, I haven't seen that. Surviving Sid. Nah. 
Ice Age Surviving Sid. Haven't seen that. See, this This is the problem with Letterboxd. It's comprehensive. Hmm. Uh, Empire. We watched We've Empire. We watched Empire. Yeah, that's good. I liked Empire. So this is the... I'm not listing everyone. I'm just listing uh, the ones we... Once Upon a Time, the Superhero. We watched we that. We watched that. Yeah. Okay. Hey, this is looking good. That was a Nick Mason special. The Groomsman. We have not watched that. I, okay. Again, can't find it. Yeah. See, there's a few here. Uh, Pareso, Pareso, Pareso Travel. No, we haven't seen that. Oh, that looks good. Uh, show Business. Show Business, The Road to Broadway. No, we haven't watched that. Waco, The Aftermath. We're oh, be my God. I'm so excited for that. The Crash? No. Okay. Raul Julia, The World's a Stage. Looks like a documentary about Raul Julia. Great actor. That. I love him. That mm. old... Mario Brothers, This Ain't No Video Game, a documentary about the making of the live action Super Mario Brothers movie. We have watched that. Yeah, we have watched that. That's great that we've watched that. Mm. Um, hey, this is a longer list than I anticipated. <laughs> We don't have to go through. Should all we go of through them. this on our break? King maybe. of the Jungle. We watched that one. We've didn't seen we? that. Yeah. Hey, maybe we're gonna be okay. <laughs> From what I gathered, it's about a year. However, there's still quite a few TV series, but I don't want to do what we did with Bloodline Arama again. Yeah, but I know we, this is an off. This is an off podcast kind of conversation, mm. but it's like it's such a great idea in theory. Mm. But then that involves watching like 18 hours of something between episodes. Yeah, that's true. We do not. So we could do it. We could split the diff. Split the diff. All right, we can split the diff. Yeah. I just, Bloodline and Ramanelli killed me. Yeah, but it was funny. I don't think it do you was. Know what most I don't actually people think people do. were like, that was funny. Mish, do I think you know people were like, most, that was stupid. You know what most people do on podcasts like this? What? They watch the same thing every week for a year, they watch bad things. Mm. We're here watching good stuff, mm. and just because you don't quite know what's going on, yeah, you get up in arms, Mish. You got to suffer for your art, oh, for God's sake. And your art is Legazamarama podcast. Yeah, okay. I'm personally very excited for Waco: The Aftermath. That yeah, one, it's gonna be I'm sick. very, very pumped for that. It's gonna be fucking sick. Yeah, that's gonna be. Mate, you um just sort of took that. And it, that was a problem for me because I was joking when I described this podcast as art. <laughs> and when you just took it, when you were just like, okay, it then made it, it left us in a place where I, it sounded like I just really thought that we were making art here with this. <laughs> um, do you know what makes me really nervous? Speaking of art, if anyone ever asks me to draw something, I get very nervous. So I'm shocking at it. Mm. Like really bad. If someone's like, draw a horse. It would be horrific. Horrific. Yeah, uh, horses are hard to do. Anything. Do you uh, know they didn't know which way the, the horses' legs went when they ran until, like, um, film photography got fast enough? What? So, like, when a horse runs, there's all these fucked paintings. I think I learnt this from the iconoclast, I think, a uh, uh, TikToker. Um, I like educational TikToks. Um, but... Uh, when horses run, right, there's a lot of old paintings where it look, they, they've got like their legs splayed out. Yeah. They're like in the air because they didn't know what was happening when a horse runs because 
when you look at a horse running, it's just like a blur because yeah. they run so fast. Yeah. And it wasn't until photography got fast enough to get that image quickly that they saw exactly what was happening. So old photos of horses running. That's so interesting. Not photos, paintings look fucked because their legs are just like splayed in the air like they're floating. That's such a good fun fact. It is. Yeah. I love that fact. My, I'm, 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 uh, I love fun facts. Yeah, brilliant. It's most, of, most of my TikToks are just fun fact channels. Oh, I love that. Julian O'Shea's another one. TikTok's fun. I'm um, on Prison Wife TikTok at the moment. Oh, Jesus. I have been on a post, like, just out of jail TikTok. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, I'm also currently on a lot of Japan TikTok. So what to eat when you're in Osaka. Mm. Um, and they're a lot of fun. Um, I really, really enjoy that kind of, like, corner. Um what else have I been enjoying on TikTok this last week or so? To be fair, I haven't been on TikTok. Oh, do you know months. what? Oh, do you know what fucked me? What? I fell into a very dark hole the other night um, where I was watching like my dog just died TikToks. So like videos of like, this was my dog when he was a puppy. And this was my dog on his first day of puppy school. And this was my dog when I brought home my daughter when the dog was three years old. It's my dog playing with my daughter and taking my daughter to school. And this is my dog on his final day because we had to put him down last week. Jesus And it's Christ. like the most depressed. And it's usually like to a really sad song, like a James Blunt moment or a hosier moment. And I just weep. I hate that shit. I hate, I hate it. It's what? bizarre, isn't it? Like, I get it. Some people need to, that's how people process their grief. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting though, because yeah, I agree with you. It is how some people process I'm gonna their grief. I'm going to do a post when Mabes dies. Oh my God. Don't talk about Mabel dying. That makes me so sad. Mabel's my dog, BT. Dogs. My dog has to go to the vet on Monday just for his vaccinations. Mm. And I've, if I think about it hard enough, I cry. I hate him walking into the vet because I'm scared it's the last time I'll see him. Aww. I'm obsessed with him. I love doggies. Yeah, they're the best. It's like my, have you watched the dog house? Do you watch the dog house? Nah. It is by far and away, I swear, hand on my heart, my favorite free to air television show. I don't watch, I have not had. As someone who was on pre-to-air television, mm. I have not, my television has not been plugged into an aerial for five years. Oh, you simply must watch The Dog House. You can watch it on 10 Play. Uh, the Dog House is the most phenomenal show. What is they, it? Oh, my God. So there's this, uh, the Animal Welfare League in Sydney, which is a, like a, a lost dogs home, mm. really, like an adoption centre for dogs. These people come in to adopt a dog. And they find the perfect dog for them oh, and they meet great. that dog and then they bond. And then at the end of the episode, they're like a few weeks later and it shows them at that home with the dog. It is the most beautiful show I have ever seen in my life. I weep because it's just these wonderful, because I love people who like dogs. Dog people are my favorite people. And these people come in, they're just like, oh, you know, I'm 70 and my husband died 10 years ago and I've been all alone and... I think it's time for me to get a little dog. And then that person will be matched up with like some 10-year-old Jack Russell with an underbite and they just look at each other and fall in love with each other. And she's like, oh, I'm obsessed with this dog now yep. and this dog's going to go everywhere with me. And it's just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. How fucking good are dogs? Like superior. Superior. I was, I've been working. Um, nah, they can't open doors, but they're pretty good. You can teach a dog to open a door. But like they're not superior to us. I think emotionally they are. I prefer them. I prefer them to people more often yeah, than I not. Yeah, I prefer them to people, um, but they're like superior, like we've built bridges and stuff. 
Yeah. Like we're building the microphones we're talking They into. could chew off our arms. Yeah, but I could chew off your, your arm no, if, you I had enough t- if I had enough time. I they could do it quick. Only some dogs. My dog could. <laughs> My dog could too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I've been working uh, night shifts lately. Mm. I don't know if I've spoken about this. I've been working night shifts. So mm. I've been working from like 7 p.m. to 4 a.m. Mm. Mm. It's hell. I only have a couple more weeks of it left. Mm. Thank Christ. But I've been getting home at 4 a.m., which has thrown my dog's sleeping schedule out of whack yeah, because he's God. so confused why at midnight I'm not home. Like, yeah. it's so odd. But he falls asleep and I get home at 4 o'clock in the morning and I am wired. I've still got at least an hour and a half of awake time in yeah. me because I've just been at work. And I open, I, I open the door and I come in and I hear his little, like, coming from the back of the lounge room running towards me and he's just so sleepy and whacked. And I'm like, it is the most beautiful. I know it's such a standard thing to say. It's nothing revolutionary in what I'm saying, but it's the most beautiful thing to come home to at four o'clock in the morning is this dog whose eyes are all half closed because it's so sleepy, but it's ass is like waggling like crazy, knocking him about, throwing him into walls because he's so excited to see me in his half sleepy state. And then I sit down on the couch and he jumps on top of me and sits on top of me and falls asleep again because he's so tired. But it's just such a nice thing to come home to. That's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, dogs are great. Um. <laughs> well, you're not engaging in this one much, eh? No, I love dogs. I, you know, I got a dog and I love my dog. <laughs> I love my dog. Yeah, no, they're fabulous. My yeah. favourite. Um, dogs, le- dogs and people have been like, um, like I think we were domesticating dogs like when we were nearly still cavemen. Like mm. dogs and people are like almost like symbiotic at this point. Yeah. That's my theory. No, I think that's a fair theory. I um mentioned a while ago now, while like way, way back in the podcast that I have a reactive dog. Um and that like he's a bit tricky sometimes. And the my favorite DMs I've ever gotten are from other people who have reactive dogs that are obsessed with their dogs. Aww. Because like I'm so obsessed with my dog, but he's reactive. And to hear from other people being like, oh, my God, I am obsessed with my dog. But he's reactive and really difficult sometimes. I'm like, oh, they're my people. I get them. Yeah. Cool. Uh, What's going on with you, Zach? How's your week been? Um, How has my week been, Mish? It's been good. Uh, Trying to think of anything of note. I'm moving house at the moment, so... Uh, all very boring. It's a problem with moving Buying house. Buying sofas though. Moving house. Yeah, that's true. I am trying to buy a sofa, but the problem with moving house is it's like so busy hmm. and you're doing shit. It's like, you're always doing shit every night you're unpacking or you're buying little new bits and bobs from fucking Kmart. Cause you're like, now I need a little thing here. You're so busy. But nothing about it is interesting. Mm. So it's like, you ask me how I am. It's like, well, I'm tired and I've been busy and I've like been doing lots and lots and lots. And there is not a single thing I could talk to you about. Oh, it took me a while to connect the television to the internet. That's fucking boring. Yeah, that is boring. Almost as boring as my dog chat I just did before, I suppose. No, that was good because everyone loves dogs. And like, I just spent the whole time thinking about dogs and that was really nice. No, but yeah, I am buying a sofa, which is cool. Uh, But, you know, it's not really an interesting conversation. Like, it's like, uh, I want a sofa. (laughs) Yeah. 
And uh, I've been to the sofa shops and I've sat So, but hey, some. if there's any listeners out there that love making sofas for free and then someone wants to make Yeah, hit me up with a sofa. Yeah. Yeah, hit me up with a free sofa. No, what? I don't want a free sofa. You know how like um, pick one. when you become an adult, there are certain things that people in your life that are also adults can bring to your life based solely on like career choice and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Someone who's a carpenter with lots of spare time and money would be really handy. Yeah. You know, someone who's just like, oh, yeah, I'll make you a new coffee table. That would be lovely. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be so nice? I um, uh, What is blowing my mind about, what, about buying a sofa is how many fucking people have opinions on sofas. Yeah. And like. Such a personal thing. It's such a taste thing, right? Mm. But people are like, people are like, um, oh, you need to get this type of sofa. Mm. And it's like. No, I don't. No, you don't. That's good that that worked for you, but no, I don't. Everyone's got all these sofa opinions. I'm like, back off. Let me pick my sofa. We, when I moved in with my partner, we got rid of my couch to keep my partner's couch because he loves his couch. Mm. I don't like it, but it's, and it's really bally because he just like, he's loved it to the point where it's gone all bally. And I hate it, mm. but he's so attached to it that I've had to kind of. What do you mean by bally? Like it's got the material of the couch has gone bally. Like oh, like uh, fluffy, fluffy. fluffy bits. I'm thinking. Oh, about- th- fluffy! You understand, fluffy. Bally, but you were saying bally with a confidence. Is that a term? Yeah, like bally. I've not heard it. That's a thing. That's okay. I just haven't heard it. That's why I don't know it. All right, fair enough. Um, hey, when we get back from the ad break, why don't we both say something that we don't know about? How can I say what I don't like, know? Like, is there a word or a thing that you don't quite understand? Okay. <laughs> but if I don't know, okay. I've got one. Okay. You, yeah. When we get back, Mish <laughs> will be sharing a word she doesn't quite understand. <laughs> and I will too. And it's bally. Spoiler warning, it's Foley. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. I'm, I'd like to apologize to everyone for how shocking that choice of um, after the ad is. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we've probably lost so many listeners. No, I thought that was a good teaser. No, it's shocking. Look, I don't really understand what a pomelo is. I've never eaten one. I don't know what they look like, really. Yeah, I don't think I can really. I know it. I know either. it's a citrus fruit, but yeah. that's it. That's all I know. Yeah, no. Your I turn. <laughs> a bally. I don't know what bally is. Is it when it forms into little, little balls. balls? You know, like sometimes when you get cheap clothing and under your arms it goes a bit bally, like jumpers. Yeah. From rubbing fabric together. I know what you mean as much as you know what a pomelo is. No, you don't. You surely not. You've owned cheap jumpers, right? But I just think like lint. Are you talking about like bits of lint and bits yeah, of, yeah, and they're a bit bally. I suppose. Yeah, that's exactly. They roll right. up into little balls. Yes, 
I it, it sounds like it's a thing. It sounds like it's a term. I've just not heard it before. It's a thing. I, I'm not saying it's not a thing. It just, I've not, I cannot express to you how much I'm saying this is a me thing. I've never heard the term bully before. Fair. Um, I'm actually genuinely quite excited to talk about the thing we're here to talk about. Yeah. Because we kind of burned, there's not a hell of a lot of baby leg stuff. No. We kind of burned through a hell of a lot of it in our first year before we kind of got our um, bearings and knew about like distributing correctly. Um, but we have got a baby legs and it's a super baby legs and baby, I'm fucking keen. If any of you out there that love a baby legs moment, you're in for a fucking treat. Here it comes. All right, here we go. Paul Morrissey is a counterculture film director best known for his association with Andy Warhol. He is best known, he's best known for having made crazy camp and kitschy classics such as Flesh of Frankenstein, Blood of Dracula, and Trash throughout the 60s and 70s. This week, we are not watching any of those films. <laughs> Instead, we're watching some film he did in the 80s called Mixed Blood, which is a title that is not as racist as it sounds, but is still pretty racist. It is of note to us because it is the first film Johnny Legs ever appeared in. Ever. It sort of tells the story of a gang of Brazilian drug dealers in an area of Manhattan's Lower East Side called Alphabet City. I say sort of because it's all very vibey. I say vibey, but that's not really the right word. There's an Australian lady in a wig that looks like Marilyn Monroe and a character that's like a sexy, sweaty Latino Forrest Gump and a German dude who is mesmerizingly bad at acting. John Leguizamo plays one of four or five guys playing some basketball. He says nothing and is mostly obscured by another one of the basketball yeah. players. <laughs> so, oh, fuck. So, first Johnny Legs film right off, right? I spent the three quarters of the movie that he wasn't in at the start looking for him yeah. because this film stars a lot of young Latino men. Mm. So in their late teens, early twenties. Mm. So I was just like keeping an eye out, keeping uh, finally three quarters of the way through the film. He's playing basketball in a long sleeve black shirt, t-shirt. And the majority of the time there is someone standing in front of him, but he's fucking there. But it's, it was tough because it was so far in. Cause I, I was like 45 minutes in and I was like, did I miss him? Yeah. Because the young Latino boys died with with quite an, a high amount. Like yes. a lot of them died a lot. A lot of gunshots. So I was like, if I, is he just one of the ones that are dead mm. and now I've missed him? Well, I went back a couple of times. Like I, I rewound a little bit going, oh, God, was that him who died? Oh, God, where is he? Because I couldn't find him. But then when you see him, it's like, oh, there he is. Well, I made the decision. So at the 45-minute mark where I was like, have I missed him, I Googled who he played. Mm. Oh no, I Googled him and the name of the movie. And then I saw a photo of him on a basketball court that he posted on Twitter like seven years ago. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, he's on a basketball court. There hasn't been a basketball scene yet. So then so I, the and then I was able to rest easy and I just waited until the basketball scene. Fair. Um, um, but it, yeah, I was, I was in a similar position. Do you mind if I kind of go first in terms of opinion of the film? Yeah, me yes, you do what you want to do. I don't know what it was about being Friday night at 12.30 in the morning, right? But I was in the in mood. In the morning? 12.30 a.m. Like a.m.? A.m. So like last night? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. 
1230. No, that 100% makes sense. Yep. <laughs> I just. Okay. I got uh, thrown. <laughs> I just forgot that you'd said Friday night. Yeah. So when you said morning, I was like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, late, late mm. night. It was late, 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 late. I was in the mood for this. <sighs> I was just like, I'm not saying that I've, I've, I have de- other I've opinions of this film. Yeah, yeah. But I watched it. And yeah. this is like, I was, I was worried that this was going to be one of those things like uh, Night Owl. Yeah. Is that the name the of the The vampire movie? one? Yeah. What's it called? Uh, something else. Or maybe it was Night I Owl. I think it's Night Owl, mate. Maybe. Anyway, the noir you, film he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was just like, oh, God, I'm not in the mood for this. I was dipping in and out, like whatever. I was in this film. I watched the whole thing. I was in it, mostly looking for John Leguizamo throughout the whole thing. This is such a bizarre film, mm. right? It isn't that it's just a little bit left of centre or that it's a little bit indie or whatever. It's I. It has a real kind of hum of a Tommy Wiseau film. Yeah. That kind of like that is a bizarre choice. And we've watched some cooked stuff lately. Like Point of Origin was cooked. We've watched some cooked things. This was just one of those like there were some bizarre acting choices, casting choices. Like I would be really interested to know why the director made some of these choices. Did you know all the stuff I said about him in the intro? No. See, I had a similar kind. I'm so glad you had the same mm. vibe because I was watching it and I was like, this is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is really odd. Yeah. This is an odd movie. And and I was like, but it's not quite why. Yeah, it's like I was like, I'm just, this is just, I was expecting like a lot of some of the stuff he did in the 90s, like I was expecting like macho, like yeah. low budget, trying for something. Mm. Night Owl is a good, like try, you were right about Night Owl. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, it, it, like like trying for tough but a bit, and I was like, but it's it's not that. It's got this kind of, it's got this strange, Real almost like almost queer kind of perspective uh, in a way, uh, very outsider it, like it that didn't fit uh, 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 like outsider perspective and i was just very like what is going on with this film well, and then i googled it i started googling it and then i went on this whole like rabbit hole oh great about, you can probably offer some more perspective oh uh, a little bit i mean i kind of covered it in the intro yeah there was just like bizarre choices like about 15 minutes into the movie there's this scene where the woman who kind of runs this what like gang essentially this drug uh kind of drug dealing gang of youth she has a conversation with a woman because one of her youths have died this kid named bobby and they have a conversation about the food they want served at bobby's funeral yeah and it goes for about seven minutes and they're like and it, nothing is said they decide on a, a cookie monster cake and they have this discussion about what food would be appropriate and how, and I, I was, I put it down to, oh, this is just to show like how kind of mundane a death is and how common deaths are. And these are just kind of the formalities that have to happen. But it was far more, it wasn't 30 seconds of like, mm, yeah, this is a bit weird. It was a seven minute scene about, not seven minutes, maybe it's a stretch, five minute scene about what food should be served at the funeral of this boy. It was, it was, um, it was a kooky movie. Yeah. So essentially there's this woman 
that runs this gang of youths that deal drugs in Manhattan, right? Mm. You like everything you said in your blurb. And so she kind of lives with these kids and sends them into like old broken down buildings to have shootouts with other gangs. It had bizarre. It had this really interesting like thing going on. Hey, this is fun. <laughs> I didn't know how this conversation would go. I had this real thing where I was watching it where I was like, I this is interesting, mm. but this is something I want to listen to someone else talk about. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about yeah. it. But it had this thing going on where it was like it was I, one thing I really loved about it was that it was filmed on location yep. and it was a real insight into that part of mm-hmm. New York. Like the, now that's a very gentrified area. That's a very like, it doesn't look like that anymore. No. And this is one of those things where it's special in the way that it captures, um, what was that film with, um, have you seen Paris is Burning? No. Uh, so that's a film about Hell's Kitchen drag queens. It's the mm. a lot of... I've r- seen clips and I think yeah. a bit of making of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, beautiful, beautiful film. Really powerful film. And But that has this quality more than anything of like time and place. It really captures what that area looked like and felt like. And it's really special that you can see that because that's mm. not what it looks like anymore. And And this had that, right? So there's this real truth in the location shooting and this real truth, I think, in a lot of the casting, but this real artificial, weird outside, like the guy, it's like, I knew very quickly that the guy who make, is making this film is not Latino. Like I, mm. I could feel it. It feels so like... Like a caricature almost of a city of people. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going for that or if it's like, I don't, I don't, it, and and it was one of those ones I was so sad I didn't have time. If I had had time, I really wanted to go and watch at least one of, because I haven't seen any of his films, but I'd, I'd heard of Blood of Dracula and Flesh of Frankenstein and, and. I I really wanted to go back and watch one of his earlier films because I read a little bit about it and about how, like, this was him moving away from his, like, he used to be a lot more kinetic with his camera work and um, this was him moving into a more commercial space. And mm. I kind of, I would love, because I think it was the weird shit that I loved yeah. the most. And I, I so I would I would have loved to have watched one of his earlier films to get a bit of an idea of... Mm. Because this was bridging a very strange gap between experimental and mainstream. Yeah, like, without a doubt, 100%. Like, like it was odd because it sometimes felt like a, like a mainstream-ish kind of independent Absolutely, film. Absolutely, yeah. And then other times, yeah, they were just talking about ice cream for Well, like that's it. And it's like minutes. they would go from these like really intensive like moments of like youth being brought up in like extreme poverty and drug use and then the coming into like gang culture and this really intensive kind of subject matter and then just some German dude (laughs) just coming in and just being like, I'm not happy. (laughs) It's 
just odd. Yeah. And then that woman, this woman who is the German dude's girlfriend who decides that she's kind of like, what, in love or like fancies the son of the gang leader and so she decides she is the most bizarre character. She's Aussie. She's an Australian. And it's funny, you probably looked her up, yeah, I'm guessing. That's why I said it, yeah, yeah, so she, yeah, she looks like Marilyn Monroe because she was known for being a Marilyn and known, I don't know how well, but she was a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. That was yeah. her job. And it's the most bizarre. She starts the film doing an American accent. And then by the end of it, she's just Australian. She's completely, just completely yeah. Australian accent. Like, doesn't keep it at all. And her character is so bizarre. And it's not even, like, bad acting. It's like it's like she was just didn't know a camera was on her. Yeah, like weird um, direction. and Really strange. Um, and so, th- yeah, if, it was this weird, I don't know if, like, I don't know what, the, I'm not saying that the director didn't know what he was doing, but it felt like three different genres not really even combined into one, just like placed separately throughout the film uh, in little spatterings. I think, look, I don't know much at all about Andy Warhol. I know a lot of people, like I really don't know a lot about Andy Warhol. Um, But I think a big part of what he did, he gets in trouble a lot in hindsight for like um, taking credit for other people's work. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of what he did was like curate, he, he, he was very interested in interesting people. Mm. And I think a lot of what he did was just like find interesting people. And I think that that like, that's the sense I got. He didn't present this film. This was after his time, but he collaborated with this director for like 20 years before that. Mm-hmm. And I just get the sense that it's like, I don't know how much. I, it, there's a part of me that feels like he was just like, this guy's a kook. Mm. And he makes kooky movies. Well, like I said, it had a really, like, a series. It was just a little hum of it, but, like, this Tommy Wiseau from, like, Room Fame, obviously, from The Room Fame. Mm, No, I felt that as Um, well. And it was just kind of like this, there's got to be some intention here. Like, he's got to know what he was doing, but this is some odd choices. It it had as well. And then when I heard that he came from underground cinema, I was like, Mm. oh, that. But it it had as well, like... um, yeah, because I, I, I'm I'm on this thing with the room, like, and how much I hate the term "so bad it's good" because mm. it's like, it's not, it's never so bad that it's good. Mm. It's it's you some, enjoyed it or you didn't enjoy. Yeah, it. Yeah, you enjoyed yeah. it or you didn't enjoy it, and there was something inspired about it. Yeah, whether whether as the, there's a film I screened recently at Lido called um, Samurai Cop, which is just amazing, mm. right? And it's not because it's so bad that it's funny. Yeah. It's because it's so strange. Yeah. Like the choices they're making it's, are strange. But it's the choices that they made, even if they are strange, they were entertaining choices. So Or compelling. At yeah. The very least. So like yeah. the room, I enjoyed the room. Yeah. I enjoyed the room. I don't think it's like if it can't be bad if I enjoyed it. It's made a lot of money. It's it's pretty infamous. Yeah. It's it's a cult classic for sure. But then you take a movie and we'll use it as an example because it's like Wazamarama, like The Counselor. Which was just a bad film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like there were some fucking weird choices in that. Bizarre. Strange. And those choices made it bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then, I don't know. Yeah, this this movie was just a very, um, mm. it just was not what I was expecting. No, I and didn't I expect wish, it at all. I wish, I wish I had had the time to watch at least one of his earlier films. It, it just felt like. 
This needs the context of him doing his 60s stuff. That's the director in you for sure. This made me want to watch Street Fighter again. Street <laughs> Hunter? Street Hunter. Street Hunter. Is that the one where he's got the big coat? You know, he plays Angel and yeah. he's like the little like assistant. He's like, oh, I'm going to fuck him up from like the late 80s. Baby Legs. Yeah. But it made me want to watch more Baby Legs again, but where Baby Legs actually fucking does something. Um, he was in this film, but genuinely take him out of it and it would have made no difference to the film like whatsoever. An extra. Literal ex- extra. But it made me think like he would have gotten this job when he was in acting school. Yeah, I, I because, don't know the timeline, but yeah. Because... Uh, Fucking Miami Vice didn't come till 1988. Yeah. And this was four years before that it was made. It was made in 84, I believe, released in 85. But um, this was four years after that was made. Yeah. So he was like in, he was like young, young. young. young, young like young, he young. would have been young, young. And it's like, it's just, it was crazy. And I don't know anyone else from this cast except for uh, the Marilyn Monroe impersonator. I don't know her, know her, but she's the only one I know has done other things. Yeah, you're aware. Is that, yeah. That I'm aware of. The the gang leader is apparently a very successful Brazilian actress. Yeah, but I've never seen anything she's done. She no, was mesmerizing, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of Brazilian films. There's this scene where she just starts singing and dancing yeah. as well. I loved that. Like, I thought that, I thought that I really enjoyed that scene. But, like, I thought it was also, I didn't know what to expect when I was watching this movie. I didn't watch the trailer or anything. I read a very, very small one or two sentence blurb on Wiki and literally the second sentence. When you read about this film, the second sentence in relation to this film is this was John Leguizamo's first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I didn't know anything about it. But I do think that the angle of this gang being led by this kind of alpha female role was very interesting. I've never seen that before. Um, But bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's like I've seen it before, but I've never seen it done. The, it, it, like I've seen the alpha female, but she was like a soft, mm. motherly. It was there was a lot. There was a lot of. Um, I mean, it was fascinating. It really made me want to watch other stuff by this guy just to get it. Mm. Just to get it. Like I don't know how I felt about this film. I. I I wish I'd seen it under your circumstances. I watched it in the morning, morning, like yeah. after I woke up and it definitely wasn't a morning. No, this morning. is like a 1230 at night I, and, and halfway really, through a bag of Doritos. Really what it is, is like going down to a cheap, mm. yeah, like an art house cinema in, on fucking in Times Square in, mm. in the eighties, like watching this in a cinema, you know. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> is that Andy Warhol in the back? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, um, that that's the circumstance you really want to watch it, but I I can feel its influence. Um, <laughs> this is the thing I've I've wanted to watch his earlier films for a while, and um, this makes me really want to do that because I think there's just like I can see, I can it's this really fascinating thing where it's like I feel like this is his latest stuff, but I can see in what he's doing, I can see how mm. there's certain kinds of filmmakers that that would have watched his earlier stuff yeah. and I can see how what he's done has actually influenced. And I think you touched on it before. I think something that he did that in terms of that influence is that he took New York and New York was a character really. Yeah, yeah. The way he shot New York at this time and the way that the characters kind of interacted with New York I thought was very, very interesting. Yeah. So, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And like there's just a, you know, there's like this, It's also really interesting having watched Kids recently. That's a film that was like lauded at the time that was made about 10 years later. 
lauded at the time for being really r- realist and and almost documentary like which isn't entirely true it was written and but it felt like documentary and what's interesting is this had some of that quality but then also it really really whether intentionally or not felt very artificial as well yeah and it made the real stuff feel even more real it's like almost like some of the actors felt more real mm. Because they couldn't act. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, 100%. It was like th- there was this like you you saw the artifice. So then underneath, I don't know. It's it's interesting because when it first started, I was like, "What is like? What is this?" <laughs> but don't you reckon as well? Like like the, like this little kind of hum undercurrent of Tommy Wiseau stuff. There was this little hum undercurrent of West Side Story. Yeah, 100%. There was something about this film because it's obviously it's this uh, Brazilian gang versus a Latin gang of kids, of youths, right, teenagers. And there was like it opened and I was like, this feels like it's a musical. Yeah. Like it felt like West Side Story. They dressed similarly. There was this kind of battle between young boys and it was just like, this surely that came into it as well, and then it had nothing to do with musical theatre until she started singing and dancing randomly in the middle. But there was that. There was this hum of a kind of like it was almost like musical um, using West Side Story mm. to contrast itself with the more realistic depictions yeah. of of actual gang Hundred, violence. But even and now I think about all the balcony stuff. This is fucking with me. I did not think. This movie had this in it. No, but now I think about it, like when there was a, because there's lots of shootouts in this Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. There's these like abandoned buildings and balconies and people standing on balconies with guns. That's very West Side Story. Yeah. Like up on the balconies and stuff, having it out. It felt deliberate. I but didn't do, even, that didn't even occur to me until just now. But do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I didn't think this, I didn't think this movie mm. was going to elicit this level of conversation. I thought we'd be dancing around the fact that it was a bit weird. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it's a, it, it, it's a really interesting. I would recommend people there's to watch depth. it. There's, yeah. yeah, and I don't think I would have said I yeah. would recommend you to watch it, it. There's depths to this. I think almost like let me watch some of his other ones first. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to make a vow, not next week. Mm-hmm. Because I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're recording too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I, I, it, a couple of weeks from now, I will I will have watched some more of his films. Great. And I'll talk to them. I think that if if you're at all intrigued by what we're go have a watch. Was it my favorite movie? No. No. But it is one of those examples of if we had not done this podcast, I would not have watched that film. No, yeah. And I'm really glad I kind of stumbled across it because it is not the kind of film I usually watch. And I was in the right headspace for it. And I, I, I won't think, don't think I'll ever watch it again. No. It's not that kind of vibe, but I'm glad I watched it. Have a watch. Keep your eye out for Johnny Lex. Interesting. Really, really interesting. It's a real like, um, you know, uh, here's, here's what I got out of it, right? Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people nowadays can get can be really quick to judge something. Mm-hmm. They they're really quick to like the first question people ask after a movie is did you like it? Mm-hmm. Everyone always says did you like it? And I don't like that being the first question you ask. I think that did you like it shouldn't come until about a day after you've seen it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm not saying this film is good. I'm not saying anything about that. But what I'm saying is this film, it's value to me and it's what makes it interesting has come out of this conversation, not necessarily in the watching. And mm. I think it's a great lesson in instead of going, oh, I hate this movie. People do it like as they're watching it now. People are like, oh, I hate this character. And it's mm. like they might turn around. Like that's how mm. movies work. But even like straight after the movie, instead of going, was it good? Was it bad? Or did you like it? Like, I think this is a testament to like, talk about it. Yeah. Talk it through. Don't go good or bad. Just talk about it and then decide if you like it yeah, or not. Yeah, absolutely. Did you like this film? Oh, give me more time, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a kooky film. It is odd. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Um, uh, do I have any final thoughts on this film? Uh no no I don't I don't think I do I it's just one I want to keep I really want to watch his other stuff I've said it already but I really want to watch a few of his earlier films because I think that would give it a lot of context yeah no that's fair um I'll I'll tell you a fun final fact please what give me a picture of what you think the director would be like what what do you think his politics are what do you think his ideas are like what what do you, I think what? he's white. Yeah. A white man. Um, what his politics are. Like, what's the vibe, do you think? Like, what's the kind of... Uh, probably like an Andy Warhol, weird, like a, an oddball kind of type. Surely an oddball. Conservative, straight Catholic, though. No, really? Yeah, he had... Like, he said... I don't know how much of this is, like, a layer, but he said that he was a conservative... Catholic, strong Catholic, and all of his films were meant to be like illustrations of if you go too far down that path and blah, 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 blah. That's what he I said. I would never have guessed that. Isn't that a strange layer? Very strange. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> in terms of Leguistamos, I think taking into consideration when it was made, how old he was, the whole baby legs experience, I'm going to give this four. Wow. Of Leguistamos, to be clear. Yeah. Um, I think that for the time it was made, for the type of movie it was and for the role that he played, I'm giving it four. That's great. I'm giving it three and a half. Okay. I'm giving it three and a half because, and I, I think it would have gotten quite a good score. Mm. I reckon it probably would have gotten two and a half even if he wasn't in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. But I'm giving it three and a half Leguistamos. And Mish... I'm giving you five leg with Starbucks. Zach, I'm going to give you five leg with Starbucks. Thank you. You're too kind. Thank you. What should Tom take us away with? Um, I want to be in America. I want to be in America. <laughs> yeah, something America. Yeah, from West Side Story. Yeah, do that. No, just what I just did. Oh, Tom, just that. Just loop it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll chat with you next week. Bye-bye now. I want to be in America. 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 Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.